0: Hey folks, welcome to the Aspire Natural Health podcast. My name is Dr. Tim Gersmar. At Aspire Natural Health, we are experts at treating digestive issues, autoimmune disease, and other hard to treat cases. Our goal with this podcast is to bring you interesting and informative discussions and topics, whether that's with us or other experts and interesting people. Listen, we want to reach as many people as possible and help as many lives as we can. This podcast is and always will remain free of charge. So we'll bring you the expertise, but we do need your help. There are two simple things that you can do to help us in our efforts to reach as many people as possible, whether this is your first podcast or one of many, if you've found these podcasts helpful, please do two things. The first is share it with any friends or people you know who might find it valuable. Again, it's free. Please drop them a line and let them know about the podcast. The second thing, which is really important, is to please head on over to iTunes and give us preferably a five-star review. Whatever you think we're worth, we're striving here to produce a five-star podcast, and it would really help if you would take a minute to drop us a five-star review. That way, iTunes ranks us highly. Other people can see and hear about us, and we can succeed in spreading the message of how to be informed about your health and how to get some help. So please share this podcast with a friend, head on over to iTunes, and leave us a five-star review. All right, without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hey, folks, it's Dr. Grismar from Aspire Natural Health. I'm here today with one of my favorite people, a man I consider to be a big mentor to me, and frankly, not just to me, but to, you know, broad swaths of the naturopathic medical community. Uh, you know, so many people know and love uh, Dr. Paul Anderson, and I'm happy to have him on today. So thanks for joining us, Paul.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Sure. You know, Paul, you still gave me one of the best pieces of advice when I was graduating um, that that I carry through to this day and that I tell all the students that I work with. It sounds kind of funny when you say it, uh, but when you think about it, um, it, it's really huge. And it's simply this, to not care about patients more than they care about themselves. And at first you go, well, that, that doesn't sound very nice. But You know, so many of us have kind of bleeding hearts and we got into the the healing profession to help other people. And I think, you know, in life and and also then as doctors, we've all had this experience of really deeply caring about someone and and wanting to help them, even when they don't want that help. And you're trying to push it on them and you're trying to force change to happen. Um, And, you know, you do that a couple of times and you realize that you're you're on the quick road uh, to burning out and just, you know, just just the whole thing falling apart so one of the it's just a little thing I don't even remember if you remember telling me that but that that single piece of advice uh, (laughs) has saved me more grief and just you know more grace to allow people wherever they are is where they are and um, and you know we can't be saviors uh, well at all but or you know and we can't even help some people and it may sound a little depressing but anyway thank you for that advice Paul
1: well (laughs) thank you uh thanks for remembering that yeah Uh, how many years ago was that (laughs) 10 probably 10 years ago now okay yeah that's what i was thinking yeah um no i do i do remember having that conversation i i uh I give I give out a lot of advice over a lot of years so I mm-hmm. I wasn't sure which quote you were going to use. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, that's the that's but, the G-rated one for you Paul. So Well, that's that's this is probably a family <laughs> program. So um you know, I think you know, I um I I think probably the reason that 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 is one of the things I tell a lot of people um is because it's something that I always have to sort of recenter on as as a doctor myself. You know, yeah. you you know, we, we come with this, all this knowledge and information about things we want to do or whatever. Um, and, and if you don't meet the patient where they are, um, number one, you get a lot of misunderstandings, but number two, you can only do what they're willing to, you know, bite off at a time. And, um, and there's, you know, as you know, there's tons of studies that show that, Um, the outcomes of anything, including drugs, are, Mm -hmm. you know, they're directly correlated to how much the person is invested in and and wants to do the therapy. Right. Um, So, you know, so a lot of times um, and I know over over those 10 years, you and I have had conversations about different patients and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. kind of comes back to, you know, I've literally had patients where I've told them they needed to do something foundational, like say diet or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's five, six years later and they finally come and now they're ready. You know, yeah. you think yep. wow. We you, you would done this five years ago. We, <laughs> we right. would have been a lot better, but you know, you, you, also, I think the upside and, and this not just being a naturopath, but in any healthcare, if you're willing to meet people where they are and, and not enable them, but willing to meet them where they are, <coughs> excuse me, um, the, you can build a relationship. And they're more likely to make those changes later, right. too. Right, right. Well, we talked, you
0: know, we we've, it's been a big theme going around our office lately about, you know, emphasizing the need for change that people can, uh, y- y- you know, they can implement and they can integrate into their lives. And that there's these ideals, well, ideally, it would look like this, or ideally, you would do this and that. And it, it's helping to sort of have those ideals, but sort of also wean people away from them as weird as that sounds like, <laughs> you know, well, ideally, yeah. it would be this. But since that's completely impractical for your life and your current situation, how about we do this much, you know, much more scaled down version of that thing that you're likely to actually do and and integrate and, and get the benefit from.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think that's, you know, that's sort of the inverse of of the first thing, which is the person, you know, who won't do something the other. And, and you know, we see this a lot with people. Mm-hmm. People are more Uh, really more aware at least if not fully educated they're aware of a lot of you know lifestyle and natural therapies and things and Mm -hmm. the the inverse of the first population we talked about is they'll come in sort of over um over aware right and they'll 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 essentially talk themselves into not doing much of anything because they're so worried about doing it wrong or do, you know, right. or I can't change my whole diet today, so I can't change it at all or right. whatever. Right. Right. And I, and I, you know, I think that's kind of reining them back in and, and, uh, and, and saying, you know, gosh, it, yeah. W- wouldn't it be great if, <laughs> if, if you could suddenly start exercising and change your diet and everything. Right. Um, but let's let's do what we can do this month. And, you know, and, and we can have those as goals. And and that's I, you know, it's like the, the whole doctor as teacher idea. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a lot of what you're doing really is 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 reframing conversations uh, to make them, uh, you know, to make them doable. Because a person leaves your office and they feel overwhelmed uh, or confused. They're not going to do anything. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. You
0: know, and best of intentions, but also, you know, what we've found, too, is someone can be, you know, fully on board, fully like, yeah, I get it. I understand. It's good. We're all ready to go. And then, you know, a day or a week or whatever later, sort of either they didn't grasp things they thought they grasped or it's become confusing or they're not really sure or they're getting pushback from other areas of their life or, you know, all those things come into play. And then, you know, then suddenly you find out, you know, you're like, hey, I thought we were great on this. And they're like, yeah, like not so much. Or, or, you know, they feel ashamed and then they never come back again kind of thing,
1: right? Right. you
0: know, because it's like, oh, well, they're going to think I'm a bad person. And it's like, you know, First of all, if your doctor, you know, makes you feel like you're a bad person, that's yeah. that's not a good relationship. So, um,
1: not... yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: accountability, but with, with some love behind it, too, yeah. you know. Yeah, so, <laughs> um, so, Paul, let's talk about you and I both, you know, you're one of the people who encouraged me again to sort of delve deeper into kind of what we call complex chronic disease where um, – you know there's there's no simple answers to what's going on for people and you know understandably a lot of people shy away from it because it is you know a tremendous amount of work and um and patience uh but let's talk about um you know complex chronic disease
1: yeah i uh so uh, i'm i'm hoping at this point you're you're happy that i talked you into looking into that. I, yes. not everyone is, you know, yeah. um, it, it, uh, I, I, so I think that there's sort of, uh, a couple of things that, that come to mind because mm-hmm. that's, that's mostly what my career has been that and cancer patients, which mm-hmm. is the same thing. Right. Right. Um, and, and I think that the, uh, the upside is if, if you're a curious person you have a curious mind and you're willing to learn and and also uh willing to make you know make mistakes and and not know everything which is hard for doctors to believe we don't know everything right um you can help a lot of people in that way because each each chronically ill person teaches you a new lesson about how complex the body is and how far it can go wrong (laughs) in a very complex way right um and I think that, um, you know, the other thing I, I think of, uh, especially, you know, is sort of, there's this t- sort of two sides of this, this coin with chronic illness. And that is, I think is naturopathic doctors were, were trained to think a little differently and maybe a little more holistic and encompassing, which is a really good thing. Mm-hmm. And yet, it's not uh it's not an easy skill set to uh to really gather and internalize you you got to really work at it and as i say you got to work with patients and you know even just telling people up front hey i i have ideas about why you're sick and we're going to see how they work out but right you know if those don't work we have other ideas and we'll you know we'll make it through right um but i think the other thing is we need more and more doctors to work on thinking this way because I think modern life and toxicity and stress and everything that, that we see now, there's just a lot more chronically ill people than there used to be. I uh, I would agree, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know a, a gentleman that I really, really
0: respected, he began practicing in the 70s, and he said, you know, over the, what, the 40-odd 40, 40 years since then, he he said in his experience— you know, people are getting diseases are coming to people 20 years earlier than they used to, um, and just, you know, and more of them. So I, I think overall our, our environment is a sicker place and, and people are dealing just with a lot more stuff.
1: Would you yeah, agree? I, you agree? Yeah, I, I would totally agree. Um, you know, if, if we take my, um, laboratory medicine career and other other non-naturopathic medical things i've done Mm -hmm. this is my 41st year in medicine Mm -hmm. and i definitely i mean even if i just go back 25 years Mm -hmm. but if you go back over that amount of time i think that you know that that the other doctor is is right on it's it's you know we see younger cancers than we used to younger autoimmune disease Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. You know, and and then, uh, unfortunately, younger, the stuff you and I are talking about, we don't have a name for what's wrong with you. You know, it's just there's a little wrong with everything. Right. Um, And and I do think, you know, I think that the and even if you look at pretty conservative uh, uh, papers uh, like the, the, the Endocrine Society puts out the Endocrine Disrupting Chemical Report. Yes. You know, every two, three years. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you read the last one, it's like, well, we did one of these reports two years ago and it's way worse now than it was two years ago. <laughs> oh. they, and they they don't talk about what to do about it. They just right. say, hey, it's getting worse right. and we don't know what to do. Right. So oh. it, I think it's, you know, it, but, but we all, you know, on the same token, we don't want to think about that because it's sort of a downer. Um, but I think that it really underscores the fact that um, you have to, you know, if you're looking at prevention, because now I think you probably noticed this, we have a lot of people we see who are parents of younger children and, and they're willing to actually say, gee, what can I do? So my kids don't wind up at 25 with whatever I have. Right. Um, right. And so, you know, you're really looking at things like clean food and, and, uh, you know, limiting toxic exposures and, and and working on brain development, you know, all this stuff mm-hmm. that you can do preventively, mm-hmm. um, and it's a harder job to be preventive now, but it, it's, <clears throat> I think, really important.
0: Well, I would agree. I would agree with you. I mean, the the phrase that you know I always use with people is that basically health is pretty simple to be. It's not necessarily easy, like we're <laughs> saying, but it's pretty simple. I mean, it, it boils down to you know. Y- Eat good food that, that is not, uh, you know, uh, bad for you. There's generalities, right, but that's not bad for you. Uh, move your body and get some exercise, right? Sleep well and enough. Um, you know, have those good connections and relations in your life. Manage your stress. Do some periodic detoxification. Try and stay away from, um, you know, overt sources of toxicity and things and, uh, you know, a handful of others health is not that um complicated it's when the body gets sick and when it especially when it really begins to break down in multiple ways like again we're talking about with that complex chronic illness that that's when things really go off the rails and it becomes you know tremendously complicated as i know you know especially you and i we you know spend hours and hours and hours trying to puzzle through
1: what's going on with people you know exactly yeah And it's um, I think that like we talked about, you know, sort of modern life and modern uh, just the way the world is has sped all of those things up. But um, I think the other uh, the other thing that is is hard to do, but you and I both see over time, and that is if when these people with these more complex illnesses, Go to see you know their primary care doctor or other providers. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with the care they get there. It's just you know primary care is not set up to look for multiple cause illness. They're right. there to you know look for single cause illness. Right. So we you know we we all see these patients and then then they're depressed. You know they they think well there there's not only is there no reason for my illness there's also no hope <laughs> for right. my illness. Right. And you know and that's I think a lot of what we need to do is like reframing, like we talked about originally, also reframing that. No, no, it's, it's just a different kind of problem. And, um, you know, maybe your primary care doctor doesn't see this in the way we do, but this is what we see with people. Right. And I think it's important to let them know that, you know, they're, it's not a, you know, it's not a one-way sentence <laughs> to, to illness. <laughs> right,
0: right. Oh, I agree. I mean, I'm sure you've seen this many, many times, but it's a common occurrence here in my office that, um, you know, when we actually do the right labs and make the right kind of uh, <laughs> diagnosis, if you will, or at least shed light on what's going on, I mean, I've had people almost jump for joy to actually hear about what's going wrong with them because, you know, they've been told either it's all in their head or there's nothing wrong. They're kind of making it up or their doctor just wants to give them, you know, an antidepressant to deal with their issue. And then finally to go, oh, my God, finally, somebody's <laughs> found what's wrong with me. You know, yeah. um, it's just such a common occurrence because, um, as you said, not, really not here to bash on the, the conventional system, but it's just not what that medicine is built to do for people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, and yeah, I think it's, it's important that people know that, you know, we're, we have complete respect for the other system. Right. Because it's there to find acute problems and it's there to find, you know, I'll tell people, you know, it will find the big problems really quickly. That's what it's set up for. Right. Um, But, you know, one concept that a lot of patients seem to be able to internalize initially just to help, help them think about it is, you know, I, I will tell them you could have one giant problem like a a single hormone that's messed up or an infection. Right. Or you right. could have five little problems and the little problems add up to one big problem. But because it's five different areas of your body, they all fly under the radar of, you know, a lot of testing. So, right, right, um, right, right. and like you said, you know, sometimes then we can back up and say, well, th- these screening test didn't see it but we know there's deeper things we can look at or right. or we see mimicking you know one <laughs> one part of the hormone system mimics another and we check you know we check the other one right um so i think that it's uh you know it because th- this is a conversation i'll have with uh some of my more conventionally trained friends in the medical world and
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they'll say well geez you know you do you do the, do you do those workups with everybody where you're checking all that stuff and it, that seems excessive and costly? And it, no, right. you know, I mean, right. if, if someone's healthy and, and, or you find one problem, like their simple hy- hypothyroid case and they get better, great, you know, you don't need to go hunting. Right. Um, but when people aren't getting better, you know, there's, there's, there are many places to look. <laughs> absolutely. Well, absolutely. And I agree. And
0: and the other part I've heard this said is, you know, so potentially you do spend more money in the workup up front, but, you know, potentially a few thousand dollars depending on what's being done and all the rest. But, you know, if you can truly get to... um you know the cause of what's going on, and then get a you know, potentially curative treatment, or at least you know get the person really well managed and with good quality of life and and in good condition. Then you know potentially you've saved a tremendous amount of money on the back end, but it, it's that that willingness to spend on the front end, um, you know, to get stuff done. I, I had a a patient I had been working with, and um. Uh, uh, with uh, ulcerative colitis, uh, you know, where they, it's an autoimmune disease of the colon. And, and the most common symptom is people bleed a lot um, when they have a bowel movement. And so I wanted to get their iron levels checked and, and they were going through uh, through their other doctor, and the doctor refused to check their iron levels because it was too expensive. And um, <laughs> I was utterly confused because, you know, that's about a $40 test. And, yeah. you know, again, even if it was a little bit more expensive, like, don't you want to know someone who who has issues with bleeding? Like, it doesn't it make sense to check their iron levels? Um, so, yeah, a- anyway... Um, yeah. Sometimes that's all baffling. That's about all I can say.
1: Yeah. It's, you know, there there winds up being a lot of uh, kind of false economy in medicine. Um, and, yeah. and you know, you can see how if used indiscriminately, you know, wild amounts of testing isn't good. But right. yeah, in a sick person, uh, <laughs> that's why we have the tests. is for the sick people. Right, so. <laughs> right,
0: right. You know I, know, I know that's a common complaint is, you know, I go to, um, you know, I go to the, the integrative doctor, the naturopathic doctor, functional doctor, whatever you'd like to call it, and they run so many tests on me. And, I, you know, I, I have certainly seen what, you know, that it does seem like some doctors really do do kind of what feels like an excessive amount of testing. Um, but again, if someone is sick um, and if the, you know, kind of the first round of tests really haven't produced any results or really given us any clue what's going on um i mean you can either give up there without knowing which again if someone's sick that's not a good answer or you know you can dive deeper in and uh and and keep looking until you find find the answers that you need so
1: yeah definitely
0: well Paul, I don't. I have to say, I've heard bits and pieces of your story, and you certainly don't have to give it all right now. But, but how did you end up in this wild and wacky world of of naturopathic medicine? I don't know that I really know the full story. Can you have a
1: brief version? Yeah, I was going to say, you know, the whole story it, it is probably way too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you the the shorter version. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I said, it is in the seventies. Actually, I started. Um, my first job in uh medical lab world and mm-hmm. did a whole bunch of things there and actually branched out into other parts of uh, um, what, what I call the, the scientific medical interface. So that's, that's a real long story there, but mm. um, essentially um, my, so my children are now 23 to 31. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my older children, so we're going back, you know, close to 30 years, mm-hmm. um, were little. And, uh, so this is, you know, in the eighties and they were, um, basically they were kind of in that, uh, the go to the pediatrician mm-hmm. all the time and get, uh, you know, get ear infections and get antibiotics and kind of the revolving door of that. As mm-hmm. little as that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we started to just, it was sort of like then you start getting, you know, you, you start getting side effects from all the treatment. Mm-hmm. So the kids get sick in other respects. And it's sort of a downward spiral. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I was getting frustrated with this. And actually the um, the, uh, the gateway, if you will, to me finding uh, a nat- about naturopathy was uh, I was talking to my mother about, she's a nurse, and I was talking to her about mm-hmm. these things kids. And she said, you know, I know this, uh, naturopathic doctor, you should really talk to him. Mm-hmm. And I thought, Oh brother, you know, and I, I, <laughs> I had, uh, you know, and, and I'd kind of looked at the naturopath. and you have to keep in mind in, 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 when I very first looked at, uh, National College of Naturopathic Medicine in the early eighties, mm-hmm. Bastyr wasn't, there was the only naturopathic school left. Mm. And it was, um, uh, it was a pretty low tech thing mm. in the early 80s. I'll just say that. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Th- that was my only other th- knowledge of nature paths, and I thought, oh, geez. And but my, you know, my kids were just not getting better, and mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I I called this guy, and and he was from, you know, the, uh, kind of the, the transition period from the super old timers to to now, and mm-hmm. so he's mm-hmm. he's now the, uh, <laughs> one of the longest licensed nature paths I think in the country. Wow. Uh, mm-hmm. He, um so I called him up and and he he says, well, what's you know what's going on? And um I told him about problem you know my daughter was having. And he says, look, he says I'd love to you know see your kids, but he says just try this first. He says just go get this this herb and make a tea out of it and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. have her have her drink it for a week. And if she's not getting better, have her come in. Otherwise, you know it's probably self limiting. Mm-hmm. So we did this. And lo and behold, you know, all of her symptoms went away. That she, we were doing all this testing, no one could figure out what was wrong. Right, and it right. was a functional problem. Mm. Um, so now I thought, oh, well, this guy's not, you know, he's not as crazy as I thought. So I went, <laughs> I went, in, you know, we took the kids in, and mm-hmm. and he helped get them off the merry-go-round of antibiotics and all that stuff. And then I thought, well, I'm going to see him for my allergies. And mm. and every time I talked to him, I was just impressed with his knowledge of physiology and medicine all this Mm -hmm. so he really was sort of a turning point in my mind then i started i had a lot of allergies and immune stuff and i started to you know really improve under his care Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and i was sitting in his office one day thinking you know i'm getting really tired of the lab business because it's the same thing over and over even though Mm -hmm. i bounced around on different parts of it Mm -hmm. and then i said i could I could probably do this. This, this seems like there's something new every day. So, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, he spent an hour with me talking about the profession and, you know, it's kind of the good and the bad of it and all the, you know, and keep in mind, this is a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, I, uh, I sold, uh, I had my own lab company at the time I sold my company. Mm. Um, and, uh, I went back to school with uh, when the kids were little,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and, uh, became a naturopath and, um, have, have never really looked back. So it, uh, but it was really that, that kind of now what we consider an old timer and just his, um, his mastery of medicine. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, he, like he was a true bridge from the real old, he, he, you know, uh, people like, Terska and Bastier and all these guys that died in the eighties were -hmm. all of his teachers. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he's a wealth of, you know, of of knowledge and he was really a great doctor. So so that's kind of how it came about. And then um honestly, you know, when I graduated, like most people, I I didn't, you know, you think, oh, you're gonna do this and that, and about half the stuff I thought I was gonna do, I never did. And and, (laughs) and I started doing things with people with chronic pain, and then that led to people who had chronic fatigue or chronic other stuff. And Mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. so kind of rather quickly, that became the direction my my career took. And what I learned was in those first three or four years is I needed to learn a lot really quick because I didn't really know what to do Mm for (laughs) them. So that's that's my story.
0: Well, I think, you know, I don't remember if it was you who kind of gave me this other piece of advice. Um, I think I've told this to many students. But, um, you know, when you get I think this was you in one of the last classes that we had uh, It was something uh, along the lines of, you know, uh, you're graduating from school and, um, you know, your education is just about to start. And of course, um, you know, as someone who's just slogged night and day for years uh, to to get this degree and is finally looking at, quote unquote, the light at the end of the tunnel, um, you know, not what you want to be hearing, but of course, absolutely 100 percent true. <laughs> um, and uh, what I tell what I tell the students that I work with. Um, so my my story just really 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 quick here in this. In and when I was younger, I was in uh, I was taking martial arts, and uh, um I I was friends with the the head instructor at the school, and um working my way through the belts. And I remember one day I think we were changing um, out of our uniforms, and I was just telling him, you know, I'm really excited and. Like I need about this long to get to this belt and this long to get to this belt and then I can be a black belt and it's going to be awesome. I'll be done. And he just kind of looked at me and laughed and was sort of like, "Look, um, that that same kind of thing. When you have, he's like, when you have your black belt, uh, I consider that just to be the beginning. Now you act. Now I can actually teach you something because you know the basics." Um, and I remember at the time that didn't, it just kind of washed over me and I didn't really, um, I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. And funnily, I, I never actually made it to my black belt. Um, so for whatever, there you go. But, but that's what I tell the students a lot. What the, the medical education is, is it's sort of you getting your black belt or you just getting a good baseline proficiency and then, you know, being out there and being with patients and, you know, running into your failures really more than anything of, well, you know, that didn't work or what, what, what's going on with this person. Um, that's what really drives your, your education forward. Um,
1: so thanks Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's, it, you know, sadly that is the truth. And I, uh, I probably was the one that told you that, but, yeah, yeah. um, but I, you know, I think, um, Part of you know, part of probably for both of us. Part of my drive originally mm-hmm. in in naturopathic medicine was I didn't want to be doing the exact same thing yes. every day yes. over and over. Yes, and problem solving is good for your brain and all that. And I, I think it's also you know it's it's important to just let people know that you know whether whether it's say MDs or DOs or naturopathic doctors, there's some people do more primary care stuff and that's great too. And there's a big need for that. And then some people do more of the oddball stuff and there's a big need for that. And I I think the most important thing is uh, doing what fits your sort of brain type or your personality. And um, I I think if, you know, if you're on the curious end, there's plenty of people who need that. So. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and if you're a little bit, I like to think if you're a little bit of a rebel too, because um, I feel like we're always finding the broken pieces like, hey, this regimen works really well, except for the people that it really doesn't work well for. And then why is it that it's not working well for these people? And how do we... How do we sort of, you know, bend it or twist it or change it or do something, you know, different from what seems to be working for for many, many people out there? You know, I mean, a a really common example, right, is the whole thyroid issue and, and, you know for for people out there listening you know there there are different types of thyroid medication and there's kind of the the general stuff that you know most of your md's will use which is uh, called a t4 only medicine um and you know and that works great for a lot of people uh contrary to what the some the internet sometimes says there are people on that t4 only <laughs> medicine and they do great and they're happy yeah. and they feel good and everything works well but you know they're usually not the people who come to naturopathic doctors um you know and then there are um there are combination medicines and there are different types and and you know contrary to what the internet again tells you there there is no perfect medicine uh for for everyone out there um you know d- again different people will need different things and um you know for for um, you know people way out there on the bell curve the the outliers um often you know, things things look very, very different, um, and it's not a protocol, and it's not what um, necessarily yeah. everyone thinks that it should be.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think, you know, kind kind of going back to that same thing about, oh, well, you know, you're over testing or you're over treating or whatever. It's, the, you know, the the kind of things that you're talking about that need to be done for people who are more outliers mm-hmm. um, certainly wouldn't be appropriate for the whole rest of the population. But it's, you know, the sort of inverse logic is used. It's like, well, because most of the population gets along with this one treatment, right? Probably everybody should have that one, treatment, you know, and obviously right. that, you know, that's sort of a, you know, that's sort of a thing that you have to get over pretty quickly. And I, I like you said the, you know, I guess the rebel idea, Yeah, you get more, uh, difficult conversations to deal with with other doctors and you get more, you know, that people will maybe try and get you in trouble or other stuff. Right. So you have to have explanations of, you know, why you're doing all this stuff. Right. Um, so anyway, it's, I think, yeah, you have to, you have to be comfortable kind of playing on off the menu or on the side of the menu. And uh, <laughs> otherwise you can't really be very effective with the chronic cases. <laughs> well, well, Paul's let's let's flip it a little bit. Obviously, as doctors, we're
0: kind of coming at it from the doctor side of things. But for for people out there who really, you know, who who have been to a number of doctors and either you know have been told nothing is wrong with them, or or maybe something's wrong with them but nothing can be done, or or you know, we get a lot of these sort of generalized autoimmune cases where, you know, well, it, it's it's kind of like this and it's kind of like that, but it doesn't really have a name and sort of there's just stuff going on and, um, you know, people are frustrated. They've hit the Internet and they've looked at blogs and videos and podcasts and what other doctors have said they should be doing. And, you know, maybe it helps a little or maybe it doesn't get them results or maybe heck even, you know, they feel worse doing those things. You know, do you have some some words of advice or words of wisdom that you would say to people who are facing that kind of situation
1: yeah you know I th- I mean because th- those are the kind of people we see all the time and right um, I think that uh, <clears throat> you know the the first thing even though it's hard sometimes hard to think about or hard to hear is mm-hmm. um, a, a treatment or an approach or whatever can sound exactly right for you um, and now, you know, with the internet, it's really easy to hear all sorts of opinions yes, and you can definitely. try it and it, it might work, but then, you know, there's eight out of 10 chance it's not going to, cause there's so many things sound like everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I try and tell people is to, there is a positive side of that, which is, that's actually good information because it can tell us, uh, you know, not only what you don't need but uh that your body has um a particular say re- let's say you get all excited. this is this is a really common one right. uh someone will go online and they'll do a a, a survey with their mental emotional symptoms and they'll mm-hmm. get a a recipe for different amino acids and right. so they come in and they're taking those and they say, man, I, you know, I'm actually worse since I started taking these mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm, and it, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, well, that's actually diagnostic because right. if, if what should have worked made you worse, it means there's, we know where the other hole is. Um, and it's kind of that way with a lot of stuff. The other thing that you know it can really tell you is it could be exactly the right thing, but you don't have any foundation built. Right. And you know, like we talked about at the beginning. Eventually, if a chronically ill person doesn't start to fix, you know, their uh, their mental emotional uh, space, their mm-hmm. digestive system, and diet, mm-hmm. exercise, you know, all all the goodies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you know, Grandma said were good for you. Um, <laughs> you you know, you, the rest, no amount of pills can kind of overcome that. And yeah. and so sometimes it's actually sort of an object lesson that. You put the right stuff in, but it had nothing to work with. So, mm-hmm. you know, so, so mm-hmm. you got. Sick. And and I think the other thing is, you know, it's it's. Uh, it, and I'm sure you've done this. I know I have. Mm-hmm. E- even as a doctor, it probably worse as a doctor. You you can really mess yourself up trying to treat yourself. Um, right. You know, because w- we're not objective, and we're not. You know, and, and it's sort of the same with a patient. You 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 don't have objectivity, and you don't really. It should be your job to do the work of healing. It should be your doctor's job to sort out <laughs> all these details.
0: <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, I, I'm absolutely sure you've had the same experience. But, you know, we've had people who have, you know, by necessity become basically experts in, in themselves and their condition. And, and while there's, <laughs> there's value to that, again, know yourself. And you've ultimately, you know, it's not about – we always say it's not about following a diet – Ultimately, it's about finding out what works for you, and that goes for exercise, that goes for sleep, that goes for all these things. Just because you know everyone says X, Y, or Z is the best thing ever, I mean, you know, it's about knowing yourself. And if that if that doesn't work for you, then you know, having that understanding and that um, I don't know the right word that 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 conviction or that that you know that this is what's right for me and this is what I need. Um, On the flip side, though, you know, often we'll have to bar people from the Internet um, as a little intervention, like, you know, because people will be like, well, I, I spend, you know, six to eight to 10 hours a day, like surfing the Internet, reading everything about, you know, other people with issues like mine or these various conditions. and." and sort of then you know we have to gently broach the subject of you know and like how's that working for you and and like what else are you doing with your life and where's the joy coming from where's the the purpose where's the pleasure where 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 where's all the rest of this and often it's like you know what, you're restricted to cat videos and, um, you know, and and, and comic uh, like uh, um, comedy shows and things like that for a little while. And, you know, t- take a break. And um, yeah. really, I, and this, I don't mean this in any negative way, but get a life like do something. You know, I, I know you may not feel good, but that's still not, you know, get out there and, 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 and enjoy yourself in, in any way that you can. I, um uh, yeah, cause, yeah, because yeah, yeah, that is
1: you know I think, and and it's 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 always kind of a delicate thing because the, um, and, and you can see completely why people oh, uh, do this because no one else, yeah. no one's helping them. Yeah,
0: hundred um, percent. Yeah, and
1: and so you you do have to sort of make it a balance of there's you know there's nothing wrong with knowing about your condition, but, um, you know we're we're in a groove here and right you. you you can't sabotage, you know, your, your, your treatment. Right. Um, and I, I think that that, you know, that comes slowly with some people because of trust, et cetera, but it's, it's really important. Yeah. You know, the other thing I've seen in it, this, this is not a blanket statement, but, Mm -hmm. um, with a lot of chronically ill folks, there, there's a subset, um, a lot of, a lot of different chronic illnesses will have, uh, you know, support groups and things like that, Mm -hmm. especially now you can have an online one and you don't have to go anywhere so you can be part of it. Right. Um, there really seems to me to be sort of a, two, uh, I'm generalizing, but two big categories. One are people who are, they're searching for some way to get better and they're searching for, you know, answers, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then the other have kind of resigned themselves to the illness and they're, they are, they are just searching, you know, for comfort as we humans do in the suffering of other people like them. Right. Um, and, and I've actually and you know, these people often don't wind up seeing us, you know, as uh, doctors, but right. I've seen people in support groups get angry if somebody starts to get better, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. and it's like, you know, they, they, they have bought into the idea that there's no, um, maybe no answer or, you know, no one can help them or whatever. And right. Sure. So if if you're the one getting better then it must be something wrong with you. <laughs> right. Right, right. Or
0: you know, I mean uh, so so much to talk about right there of course, you know. I I love to again not to bash on anybody but um when conventional doctors will turn around and say, "Oh, I guess we must have misdiagnosed the person because you couldn't possibly have gotten better, therefore you didn't really have the thing that we <laughs> thought that you had. You had something else or you know, um and that that whole element of sabotage, uh, you know, we'll see active in families and communities as well. And again, this isn't to to put down anybody, but of course, you know, when a lot of change happens, that can be as simple as you know you're asking one family member to change, make some changes in the way that they eat, and you know, other people in that family can be really uncomfortable and unhappy with those changes. And you know, is again not 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 saying any maliciousness but again sometimes as weird as it sounds um people sort of settle sometimes into their their victim and i just mean like you you know with someone who's suffering with something and their caretaker roles and when those roles begin to get upset if someone's doing a lot better um that can bring up a lot of you know a lot of turmoil for people and and we can see sabotage happening both within the Patient themselves. I mean, I can think of a number where they're getting better, they're getting better, they're getting better, and then all of a sudden, like the the wheels come off, and you know, they were doing everything, and now they're not doing everything, and now all these excuses start to come out, and um, and and kind of they start regressing and getting sicker again, and then you know we've seen that with you know family and friends as well. Like the everyone's supportive, and the person's doing better, and then suddenly, you know the. The, that support starts to go away for that person, and uh, yeah, th- those oh, yeah. you know, yeah,
1: yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, you know, hundred percent, and and it's just it's part of the you know it's part of uh, being a doctor for humans instead of animals, we get all this uh, all this other stuff to think about. <laughs> right,
0: right, right. I would say too, and I, I know I, I know you're with this, so you're free to comment, but certainly one of the things I've seen and, and I understand is, you know, often people with chronic illness, these complex varieties, um, you, you know, two pitfalls, of course, are looking for, for the magic bullet. So certainly if it's just, well, if it's just this amino acid or this vitamin or this thing or this... Drug or this treatment or this thing from some other part of the world or um, then, uh, you know, I just need that. And so it's a jump from (laughs) from one thing to another thing. Okay, well, I'll try this. Oh, that didn't work. Okay, I'll try this. I'll try this. I'll try that. I'll, you know, and just sort of this bouncing around looking um, for the magic cure and and you know listen, I get it like if people don't feel well and they they just want an answer, and preferably a simple uh straightforward one would be best but uh, <laughs> but you know, like we said earlier, most of the time when you get into this really sick place, you know there is no single answer that is going to solve your problem it's not just take this hormone or take this pill or have this surgery or do this thing. And, you know, that might help. But like you said, if there's five or ten different problems going on, you know, addressing one or two of them can be helpful, but ultimately isn't going to get the person where they want to go.
1: Yeah. And and I think, you know, it's, um, of course, it's always nice when we find a chronically ill person where there's only one or two things wrong. But right. And that's a lot of the, um, the behavioral aspect of, of up visits and all of that is keeping people motivated because mm-hmm. it's a slow, <laughs> it's a slow go, you know? And, right. uh, and, and sometimes we, <clears throat> you know, the, those five little things that are wrong or 10 or whatever, right. you can only maybe work on two or three at, at a time and, right. and, and until they get stronger. Right. And of course, you know, we all want, uh, quicker healing and less stuff to do and, uh, and sometimes that's just not possible. Right. <laughs> right. So sometimes it's slower. <laughs> right. Well,
0: I think one again, just, you know, you've you've given me kind of many pieces of advice Paul, but one thing I kind of soaked up from you was just to have have some patience. I think, you know, obviously on the flip side as doctors we want to see people better fast. We want to see big, major changes in results and feel like we're doing good quality work that's really helping people. Um, and of course, we always still try for all of that. But just the the recognition that sometimes, you know, it really is a marathon or it really is just you're grinding away slowly but steadily making progress. And to have the expectation that you're going to miraculously turn this person around and cause, you know, gigantic shifts in in their health and well-being it's just not realistic and and i think from the patient side they can they can either blame themselves for not getting better faster or of course they can blame the doctor or the health practitioner for not getting them better and um or both both of those things right um and then you know similarly the doctor can do the same thing so we're either blaming the patient well if they would if that so-and-so would only do what i asked them or um you know i must be a bad doctor because um because we're not getting the kind of results that i want and i think it's everybody and i understand people are sick and they don't feel good but everybody need to take a deep breath and and just have a little patience for the process um yeah
1: yeah it's it you know it's always kind of a (laughs) a dance and uh and i think you know there's um uh one of the one of the areas clinically well actually a couple areas clinically that that i was not thinking of when i was you know say back in school and i Mm -hmm. didn't know what i was going to be doing Mm -hmm. um or even when i was first out but what what i found with chronic illness was you you really you really have to evolve your kind of your toolkit mm-hmm. um because the the sicker they are the not only the more tools but sometimes maybe more uh more intense higher force sort of tools for a bit mm-hmm. um and so that's really sort of what drove the um uh development over, over the years of, of IV therapy and us doing hyperbaric oxygen, stuff like that. It's, yeah. it wasn't that we were really into needles or, we you know, we, we really, you know, thought that was awesome or something, but it, right. it was, it was sick people where they're either their gut was so trashed and we knew we had to get them healthy before we could untrash their gut, mm-hmm. uh, or they, you know, they were already on, you know, a, a half a kilogram of supplements and right. they hadn't gotten better in 10 years. You know, it, it's right. sort of, mm-hmm. the idea was, well, this would be one way to get some basic nutrients in to kind of fill the tank and get things working.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
1: at the time, you know, it, it, uh, it was really more of a theory and, you know, back, it, back say 20 some years ago, when I started working with IV nutrients, you mm-hmm. uh, very very few people in the whole country were even doing it. So Mm, mm. it wasn't like it is now where we actually have research and stuff Right. Um, but the theory really played out and that was this person just so sick, you know that we have to We have to do something that seems excessive, but actually they're just so sick. It's not it's actually (laughs) kind of life-saving, right? Um, and, And you know the other side of it sort of like that thing of you know, you don't test everything on everybody But when they need it you do right you don't need to do it forever for most people it's it's a way of getting the systems working and kind of rebooting the body and and then they can start to heal up you know yeah. over over, over a bit of time. Yeah, so let's yeah. let's talk about IVs a little bit
0: more, Paul. So you know, uh, again, so IVs. Just so we're all on the same page for everyone, you're you're putting a needle into someone and you're uh, injecting one way or another, uh, you know, some solution into them, right? So um, most people know IVs sort of from the hospital or from. Uh, you know, TV shows about the hospital, right, where they're putting various medicines or other things in via IVs. So again, we we sort of covered this, but why would someone <laughs> who's not in the hospital, Paul, need an IV?
1: <laughs> yeah. That's a really common question. That's a very good logical question. Um, So yeah, most of the time in the hospital, uh, unless it's safe for a drug delivery or something, you're going to get hydrated or maybe... If you're really, really sick, you might get total parenteral nutrition or something. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly drugs go IV a lot. You know, in the outpatient setting, certainly you some people will do drug, you know, maybe iron or an antibiotic or something outpatient. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what we're looking at with global IV nutrient therapy is really um, it's, uh, it's specific balanced replacement of nutrients that... Uh, you could probably never absorb orally anyway, and especially Mm. if chronically ill. Mm -hmm. So it's going around the digestive tract. And, and again, it's not, you're not giving it 24 seven like they would in a hospital or something. Right, right. They they might get it once a week or twice a week or something like that. Mm -hmm, Um, But the idea is sort of uh, that that we're going to give the GI tract a little bit of a rest. We're going to, you know, we're going to get the muscles and the liver and the brain all some basic nutrients. And then um, we're going to, you know, kind of go from there and see, you know, do we do we get them kind of up to, you know, I always tell people it's like you've overdrawn your metabolic checking account. And (laughs) we need to get you up to zero (laughs) so that your next paycheck doesn't get eaten up. Right. And Mm -hmm. and it's literally like that. It's sort of like, okay, you need a, you know, an infusion of resources. And so the quickest way to get it in is uh, avoiding your digestive tract. And, and what's, what's really interesting is some of the sickest people I've seen, um, you know, we get these people that have been sick 30 or 40 years, sadly. Mm -hmm. Um, they now, they just can't absorb anything, Mm -hmm. you know, at that point, Mm their, their gut's so bad and they're, you know, Mm -hmm. they're down, they're eating four foods and that's it. Right. Right. Um, so no, I think it's, um, you know, and again, it's, it's certainly, I, I know, I don't think everybody needs it, but sick people, um, who, who are not getting better and they're not moving forward. Sometimes that's something that can really just their body like recognizes, wow, there's some nutrients. We haven't seen those in a you way. Know, and it, right. it actually starts to work a little better. Right.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, you know, dealing with so many digestive issues, because it's definitely one of my specialties is working a lot in the digestive tract. And, and I always like to tell people, you know, it, it's sort of that catch 22 where you need digestion to get nutrition and ultimately energy. But nutrition itself is a very energy and nutrient intensive process and so if you sort of run out of nutrition and energy then digestion can't work and then because digestion can't work you can't get nutrition and energy and so you know just to exactly to your point sometimes just people get in the downward death spiral kind of thing and they they you know it's really hard to pull them
1: back out of it so yeah and and i think a lot of um you know Not certainly that, that IV nutrients make this all go away quickly, but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff we see in chronic illness is, um, that spiral you're talking about, the other things that go wrong are often your body trying to compensate for the spiral. Mm -hmm. So your, you know, your adrenal stress hormones are overproducing to try and quell your inflammation and then your adrenals burn out. Right. You know, that makes your thyroid overwork and then it gets weird and, you know, so it, it's um a lot of it is trying to stop the spiral you know and and that's that's you know God and and energy and metabolism but it's also all the rest of you trying to compensate that gets sucked in, into the spiral too sure. so yeah it's it's really you know the the longer and I think I've probably used the overdrawn checking account I'll, I'll, I guess people don't really have checking accounts anymore but you know, <laughs> that, that that used mm-hmm. to be a thing um, Yes. And 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 the, the that that's the analogy I've used the longest, and I think it's because almost every patient, when when I say you've overdrawn your checking account, metabolically speaking, they mm-hmm. know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and and we all know that it's it's a lot harder to refill it if you overdraw it to, <laughs> if you're at least at zero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so that's you know and, and that works. I, I think it. it it actually, that's what's going on. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, there's still credit cards out there, Paul. So maybe <laughs> a good, maybe a good credit card analogy would work that's a little.
1: That's yeah, I, I may have to update my. <laughs> <laughs> I've been lucky because most patients remember checking accounts. Right,
0: right, right, right. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so what type of stuff goes in an IV, Paul? So obviously there's drugs that can go in an IV and we were mentioning those. You've mentioned the word nutrients. Like what, what, what can be put inside an IV and and go into people
1: so really um, the the majority of uh, IV nutrient therapy are what we call the water-soluble nutrients. so Mm -hmm. uh, the B vitamin family vitamin C uh, the minerals, things like magnesium and calcium, et cetera, mm-hmm. trace minerals like, say, zinc or selenium. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then there's other things like antioxidants, like glutathione pretty common, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera. So um, all of those are and there's other things, too. But those are the most common things that are in the common uh, IV therapies for nutrients mm-hmm. and the idea with uh, with them really is, um, if they're balanced correctly, and of course, there's we take classes to learn about all this stuff. But if they're balanced correctly, because they're already in your body working, the chances of reactions you can have reaction, but they're much lower than say to drugs, et cetera, because mm-hmm. they're already in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, unless you put too much of something or it's way out of balance or whatever, people generally just simply feel better from it. Um, but also the water-soluble nutrients, um, by the nature of being water-soluble, even if you absorbed a whole bunch today, by tomorrow most of them are going to be gone. Right. And right. if you're in this negative, you know, negative bank balance idea, mm-hmm. and you're in that spiral you described, you're you're always behind. And what mm-hmm. people will, you know, they'll say, "Well, I, okay, I know B vitamins do something for energy, or you know, why why do I need these things?" Right. Well. You know, a lot of, um, well, really every process that requires transforming something in your body, whether it's to make the chemicals in your brain or make energy in your muscles or whatever, Mm -hmm. it all uses vitamins and minerals as cofactors to make the process work. And so basically, uh, unless you have a, you know, a deadly deficiency or something, you don't die from it. Your body just slows way down. So your metabolism slows down everything, your brain slows down. Mm -hmm. So basically Mm -hmm. it's, it's providing water soluble nutrients to go and fill the metabolic demand to make, you know, new neurotransmitters or new, uh, ATP for energy or new whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so that then the rest of the body can say, Oh, we, we don't have to, Try and force the issue and keep you alive, you right. know, and all of that. Right. Um, so, th- yeah, the water solubles are really because they go in and out, and even if we've got a good diet, if we're not, if we're not absorbing very well, which if you're chronically, Ill, you're not absorbing terribly well. Right. Um, they're just the need is greater than the supply. Right.
0: Right. Yeah, and again, if you know, sometimes like you, you know, to the people who always say we, well, you, you know, you should be able to get everything from food so you know you never should have to take a supplement or you never should have to do you know again an order of magnitude greater ivs and and the response is well yeah in a perfect world that's absolutely (laughs) true uh you should never have to do these things but the reality is um again because of our our you know toxic environment and because uh you know things go wrong that um you know no matter uh unless you know well no matter how much you eat, sometimes you still can't fill feel, <laughs> feel that need for, for those extra nutrients and everything. So, but um, we don't have to delve deep into it, Paul, but certainly other things can be put in just besides these nutrients as well, right? There are extracts of herbs and there are some other other things besides just nutrients that can go in for IVs. Is that right?
1: Oh, certainly. Yeah. It's... um, um a lot a lot of uh, well you know technically just about anything could go in an iv so the um the the next question or the next step really is um w- what do we have that's available that's you know sterile and you know made, made for iv use mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and just just to give some uh perspective in uh in in asian countries and in european countries it's very common to see intravenous applications of uh, it's not whole plant herbs, but but parts of herbs that mm-hmm. are medically active, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's that used to be very uh, easily available in the U.S. Now it's sort of there's certain things we can get and some we can't. Hmm. But for instance, um, there are uh, certain components of herbs that are used all through Asia and parts of Europe uh, for infections um, mm-hmm. that we now use here intravenously mm. in the uh, with chronic infections and they're, 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 you know, they're quite useful. And a lot, a lot of the, a lot of the uses in areas we don't have a lot of good drugs for Mm. such chronic viral infections. You know, Mm -hmm. there's, there's some viral drugs, but not a lot. Yeah. Um, so, so those, those certainly are available and used. Um, the, the other thing that, um, we actually were really fortunate to be able to get, um, compounded to be used for iv mm-hmm. uh use was uh curcumin mm. which is a it's a part of the turmeric plant and yeah. um people take it orally but in and it's not uh, this is something that's a little more germane maybe to cancer but also really advanced autoimmune cases mm-hmm. uh, sometimes you can't it's sort of like our digestive you, you can only take so much curcumin by mouth right um and and it it absorbs at a you know, even the best absorbed is still kind of low. Yeah. So if you're trying to get, you know, deep inside your tissues and your joints and everything else, um, what we found with uh, IV curcumin, which is not water-soluble, so it's, it's infused just like any other IV but all on its own special. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We've actually had, in, in a research project that started at your alma mater, Bastier University, and now mm-hmm. is continuing at other places, hmm. um, we've had some case, we have a case series going with advanced cancer and high-dose IV curcumin, hmm. and we've had some people with advanced cancers actually have some regression of their metastases. Okay, um, great. Which, if you read the research, that's what curcumin should do. Mm -hmm. But orally, it never—you know—you can't get the job done orally initially Mm. because it Mm. just can't get enough in there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, On the non-cancer side, we've seen it at lower doses be very helpful in um, uh, the the autoimmune conditions you would usually think of for curcumin—you know, autoimmune joint problems, uh, Mm -hmm. lupus, you know, RA. Uh, As um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the autoimmune conditions, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, and and interestingly, although they're totally different diseases, it's because of the same mechanism. It's because curcumin kind of takes all your pro-inflammatory markers that are either driving cancer or driving your autoimmunity, and tells them to calm down. Yeah. Um, and so in the in the IV setting, you, again, you can kind of fill the tank, and then uh, then the oral stuff works better. So, there's a ton of you know, other things. Um, I, I usually go once a year and lecture in Korea, for example, and they have a whole host of other things in Korea that are used medically that are you know parts of uh, you know ginseng and other you know other herbs that we can't really get here in the u s. Right,
0: right. I was going <laughs> to say I I'd remembered hearing something about IV ginseng and some you know, some pretty spectacular stuff that seemed to be doing. but um, yeah, not really something that's available, unfortunately. Yeah. A little
1: harder to get in North America.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, So, Paul, you know, again, so if someone is thinking, well, maybe I'm in the situation where IVs might be something that's helpful for me. So, first of all, again, this isn't really something you're going to be able to go down to your local hospital or your local doctor and be like, hey, can you fill up my tank and give me (laughs) some of these IVs? Like they're they're going to look at you kind (laughs) of sideways. So that's not not going to be an option for people. Right
1: that's 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 the truth yes yeah <laughs> i will say paul it's, it's going to be worse than them asking for a multivitamin from their primary care doctor right. it's it's going to be much worse <laughs> right right um i will
0: say on the other side you know one thing that's always turned me off just a little bit from ivs has been it definitely feels like some doctors are are certainly peddling IVs because they're trendy and shine like what I call the shiny, sexy effect. Like, well, it's <laughs> it's big medicine, therefore it must be powerful and and you know it must be worthwhile. And um and and you know let, let's be candid here. Some people can make quite a lot of money by um by getting people in for a lot of IVs. So um. Uh, you know, how does someone know, sort of? So if they're thinking, well, maybe maybe I'm someone who really might be a good case for IVs. So we're saying, you know, if your digestion's compromised or if you've been chronically ill for an extended period of time, then IVs up uh, to those are two real strong indications that that IVs could be a really good potential therapy for you, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. True.
0: And then we're saying, you know, okay, so you can't go to your your local hospital or your local MD while you're while your PCP while you're in there for your checkup and and request some of these things. But is there a couple of guidelines like how can people know if they're they're this is like really legitimate if if kind of the this someone they should trust or can yeah. you give any recommendations yeah. for people? Yeah, I,
1: I think um, you know, and it, I guess this you know, like like I said earlier. When when I started doing these kind of IVs, there was just a handful of people in the Mm -hmm. country doing them. Mm -hmm. And so this this wasn't even a conversation because there was there wasn't enough (laughs) enough people doing them to worry about it. Right Um, now, there are. um, And, and, you know, it's it's. Probably not good or bad. It's just a matter of uh, probably consumer demand. But mm-hmm. if you go to places, you know, like Las Vegas and Southern California and other places they have, you know, uh hydration stations where if you're, you know, hung over you can go in and get an IV or right. uh you right. know, you, or you can do anti aging IVs or and if people wanna, you know, spend their money that way, that's totally fine. Right. Um but I think if you're, you know, if you're chronically ill, certainly, or or if you have cancer, or you know, anything in the chronic illness area, mm-hmm. there's just a. I think well, there's many things, but I think to boil it down, the first thing is, um, uh, you need, um, uh, in a sense, even though it's a natural thing and it's part of your body already, you need maybe a little more of a medical approach with, with the IV as far as the prescription of it and the management of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you need, um, whomever is going to do this to, uh, know that it's probably not a one size fits all thing, mm-hmm. you know, that's help you. Mm-hmm. So what I would do first is number one, make sure they are trained to do it. And, um, you know, cause we, we might be talking to people in States where there aren't naturopathic doctors and stuff, right, right. um, or, or, or provinces. Um, mm-hmm. It's important to remember, it, you know, if it's a naturopathic doctor and that's a licensed thing in your state, um, some do IVs and some don't. It's usually pretty easy to find that out. Right. I normally tell people in non um, non naturopathic states, which mm-hmm. is the majority of U.S. states, mm-hmm. is um, uh, for there's just no other real uh, kind of national network. So I usually have people go and um, look at the um, american academy for advancement in medicine or acam Mm -hmm. uh it's uh just acam if you just google that they have a find a doctor Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. their their whole thing is iv therapy now i will say acam doctors some just do like one therapy like chelation or this or that most of them though are interested in these things so they tend to be medical doctors or do's that are um, that are trained to do IV therapy. Mm-hmm. So at least got somebody, mm-hmm. but then the next thing I would do is if, if you're sick, you know, and you're what we've been talking about the spiral, mm-hmm. um, I would, um, have either, you know, either a meet and greet or, uh, or a visit with whoever the provider is mm-hmm. regardless of where or who. And just uh, really what I think is most important is aside from, are they trained to do it? Ask them, uh, number one, kind of what their philosophy of uh, of using the IV therapy is with mm-hmm. chronic illness mm-hmm. and, you know, and acknowledging, you know, everyone's different and we can't, you know, make statements about everyone gets 12 treatments or 20 or two or whatever. Right. But, but saying, OK, with someone, you know, I, I've been sick for 10 years. I have ulcerative colitis, I have all this stuff. Mm-hmm. What would be your kind of your general idea of treatment? Would I need, you know, one a week for six months or three months or two months or would I need more in the beginning. Yeah. And so like if you know someone comes to me like that, I I would kind of say the reverse of what I just said, which is, you know, we don't know about you, but our experience is if you're if you're getting the other stuff taken care of and, you know, let's say a doctor refers patient over, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the doctor's taking care of their weird thyroid and adrenal stuff and they're taking care of their whatever else our goal is to fill the tank and usually one or two a week is required for a while just to kind of get enough in you to, you know, to, to beat the negative bank balance effect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then what we do, um, and so I'm just kind of giving you my, you yeah. know, this is my uh, philosophy and this is what I would look for in a doctor. Mm-hmm. Normally somewhere, <clears throat> um, between eight, in 10 to 12 weeks, you know, so let's say median of 10 weeks, mm-hmm. we will start to, um, to spread out your treatment and see how far, because normally by six to eight weeks, you're starting to say, Oh, I get, I get this, this, and this is better after an IV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first few, who knows, you know, cause they're probably so deficient, but right. usually by then. So then we'll say, okay, we were doing them once a week. Let's see if we can go two weeks. Mm-hmm. And we do that for you know, uh, a month or two. And then they say, yeah, you know, it's lasting. Okay. Then, well, let's, let's go three or four weeks, you yeah. know, and then let's, yeah. just, let's see if now your oral stuff's absorbing enough. You don't need these. Yeah. Um, and we have, you know, we, we have many, many people where if you kind of do the hard work on the front end and they're, you know, either us or the other doctor working on their gut and all the other goodies, mm mm-hmm. The the downward spiral can turn into an upward spiral. So yes. that's what you're really looking. so. Yeah. The, I guess my point there is, if you go to somebody and they say we always do, um, there's one IV formula for for every chronically ill person, mm-hmm. and, and we do you know uh, you know any set number you know we right. we do three a week for ten weeks or whatever. Right. Um, you know it's th- that's okay. You know, but it's like that's not really taking into account. Someone might heal faster. Someone might not be able to handle that. Someone, right. <laughs> you know, right. someone might heal more slowly. So I think you know, training, exposure, and then just their philosophy. And and I've, you know, I mean, in, and I know this is how you practice too. But like going back to our, you know, our first or second conversation about meeting people where they are. Mm-hmm. You, you know, and the patient knows. Like if you're just not gelling with mm-hmm. a patient. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not going to be a great therapeutic relationship, and it's the same with, you know, your IV providing physician or mm-hmm. clinic. Mm-hmm. If you go there and you feel like, no, nah, these guys, I feel, you know, I, I'm, I'm resonant with the way they treat or this sounds mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. If you go there and you feel like, man, I'm, I'm just being, you know, square pig in the round hole thing, that's not what you're looking for.
0: <laughs> right. Right, I can I can't emphasize that enough Paul that I it just, you know, every time over the years where we try to begin a therapeutic relationship with someone and it just doesn't fit right and you try and, you know, force that through, no, 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 I'm going to help this person or they seem to yeah. really want it even though it doesn't really it it, <laughs> it never like there may be some benefit and they may get some help and but it never it, it never really goes that well. And so I always tell people, look, if if you don't like the provider, you don't like the clinic, you don't like the treatment plan, you don't like the approach, the philosophy, you know, go somewhere else. It doesn't matter, you know, what type of reviews this person has, how many other people they've helped, uh, you know, how big of a celebrity they are or not. If if fundamentally, if that relationship doesn't work for you, it, you know, it, your results at best are going to be limited.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's – you know, that's probably that's it's probably the first rule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You you need to resonate with the provider and vice versa. Yep. Uh, or or it just becomes sort of a toxic relationship, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um, so let me think there was one other thing I was going to ask you, Paul, let me see. So we were talking about IVs. And yeah, so I think that's great, you know, for people to understand in general, at first, it's going to be a little bit more and then the idea should be to taper away from them. Um, Like you said, is that that negative spiral becomes a positive spiral. And, um, you know, IVs can unstick people from from really bad places, and they can accelerate uh, their progress. So again, a you know, a potentially really helpful tool that's out there for people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I do think, you know, just because a lot of the people probably listening won't, will have never done this or heard of it before. Mm-hmm. The other thing to consider is, um, uh, as opposed to many other things like your thyroid, you can recheck your thyroid labs and you you know if you're heading the right direction right. with with nutrient IVs, most of the assessment is is usually not with labs because you're often treating borderline you know problems, not a true deep deficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they need to understand, you know, most of the reassessment <clears throat> is a clinical determination of, okay, I, you know, you told me you've only been sick for three or four or five years. And so I'm going to say, let's try six weeks and reassess. Mm-hmm. We get to six weeks and you're like, man, I've never felt better in my life. And I might say, let's just do all the rest of the stuff we're doing and stop the IVs. And if, if you start not feeling like the best you felt in your life, we'll go back to doing some, right. you know, uh, so, so a lot of it is that too, or, or, you know, we might get to six weeks and. Uh, and a person might say, you know, I'm a little better, got a little better, you know, uh, energy, a little better sleep, a little better whatever. But mm-hmm. man, it's mm-hmm. it feels uphill. Mm-hmm. Then I'll say, well, we're you know, we're probably still uphill and we need to go a little longer. So it's it's a very clinically uh, determined, you know, <laughs> where are we at?
0: hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so absolutely. And I know that, you know, that can be frustrating for everyone. But uh, again, you know, there's the the should world that we would love to live in and then... I mean, even though I hate this saying, there's the real world, but there but there is the world that we have to deal with for people. Right. So Um, so yeah, I mean on the one hand we'd say, of course, um, just with anything, you have to you know, you have to feel comfortable with the therapy and then you have to give it a reasonable amount of time to work. And you know, going back to the the earlier issue of where I, I see one of the mistakes a lot of chronically uh, ill people uh make is you know, in the hunt for the magic treatment, um, they, you know, try something for a short period of time. And then if they're not feeling results, you know, very quickly from it, um, they'll, you know, abandon ship and move on to something else. And, um, you know, we'd say, a that's, that's as true for IVs as any other therapy that, um, you know, yeah, some people within a couple of IVs may feel, you know, miraculously different, um, in in many of these chronic cases, again, if you're really in the red and you you know your your bank account um, is severely overdrawn, you know you're kind of spitting in the ocean there, trying to fill it back up again, and it it uh, it definitely can take some time.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that's another thing for people to consider, and and really should be part of the discussion with an IV provider is. You know in so for general nutrient support if someone says you know look at this is this is kind of expensive i can probably do one a week for four weeks and then i i gotta you know i gotta i gotta regroup yeah you know okay fine you know if they're coming and they have a deeper pathology that we know from experience you know that's just spitting in the ocean um often what I will tell them is, you know, maybe we could do like a couple just to get the ball rolling, but mm-hmm. you should probably use your resources somewhere else. Right. right. Um, and and it's like I say, it's not that everyone gets X number of IVs, but sure. if you go to the doctor and they look at your case and, <clears throat> you know, they say our average patient who's been sick 10 years probably needs this many. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The next question is, you know, <clears throat> how much is that and can you afford it? You know, right. because it's, if you can't afford the treatment, let's, let's, let's focus where you can. Right.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the reality, like, let's just call it what it is that being sick is expensive and, um, you know, and, and I wish there was some, I (coughs) truly, truly wish there was some other way around it. But as of right now, at least being sick is really expensive and, um, and everybody can only do what they can do. And Yeah. So, yeah, true. Ah, well, not to end on a downer or anything there, but, it you know, it is the reality, of course. So yeah. IV therapy, I mean, I think there's a couple of great takeaways that we can we can kind of bring together here. Um, you know, the first is, look, uh, for the doctors out there, you know, the complex chronically ill people, which unfortunately there are growing numbers of them, you know, are just not well treated by the conventional system because it's just not built or set up to handle these people. And simple um you know, cookbook-style approaches. Now, this isn't to say that um, you know that, that doctors don't have general strategies or approaches that, that most people are going to be using, but um, that you know those are going to need to be individualized and changed and tailored to to the specific person uh, that, that's in front of them and what's going on for them. But uh, if you're going to be in this realm. Um, you know, you're going to need to do, uh, you know, a ton of learning and a lot of research and have a very broad and flexible mind about things. Because, um, you know, what what I've come to say is Paul anymore, my dogma is just whatever works and whatever helps people get better. And because having any kind of stricter dogma, oh, it's always this or always that or never (laughs) this or never that. It's like, nope, that doesn't, that, that doesn't work. Um, (laughs) there's always someone. So whenever I get to that place, someone, there's always a patient that proves me wrong and makes me reassess, uh, reassess my style and my thinking about it. So, um, you know, for the, for the patients, (laughs) you know, what I say is too, it's always, you know, you've got to resonate. With the person that's in front of you. And and for me, you know, a big part of the the initial kind of sessions is not only trying to get a handle on what's going on for the person, um, but just trying to make sure that we're a good fit together. And I know it may sound nebulous to some people out there, but but truly, if you don't resonate well with your doctor um. You know, it's really not worth going forward for the most part. Um, You may get some benefit, but you're you're not going to get everything that you hope for.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs)
0: And then uh, then when it comes to IV and and the other, I guess, would be to, you know, to have some patience. Um, You know, people may have heard this saying, but, you know, roughly, I mean, look, if you've been sick a long time, I know you want to be well yesterday, uh, not much less than, you know, potentially months or a few years down the road. But uh, the reality is uh, that just doesn't really happen. I mean, maybe you'll be one of the lucky ones to have a really rapid and a massive response, but for the most part, um it, it, you know, if you've been sick a long time and there's a lot going on for you, it's going to take some time to unravel that. And uh, you know, if you give up at the first sign of of something not quite working right or uh, you know, you're that you're not getting results as quick as you like, um you're probably just going to be doomed to repeat the cycle over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then, then, kind of, lastly, here, because we covered a lot of ground today, Paul. The, the last thing is kind of IV therapy. You know, they're both. They definitely have that sexy, shiny effect to them, but they are also, you know, have the potential to be really powerful medicine. And so, in this context, at least, if, um, you know, if you're having some major digestive issues, or you're having, kind of, you've been sick a long time, you've got kind of these complex, uh. uh conditions going on then IV therapy is m- maybe a-, a really powerful tool um at least for a period of time right but mm-hmm. I- but ideally you know uh, uh um you know we don't have uh injection sites built into our arms so uh <laughs> ideally shouldn't hopefully yeah. um I know they can be put in there but uh, uh ideally we don't want those and so you know ideally um the IV should be a, a-, a- a, a, a temporary piece that should drop out, and and all that good stuff, all the foundational therapies about food and and, and sleep, and and all those other things, um, you know, should be what what keeps someone well.
1: Yeah, very definitely.
0: Anything else, Paul, that we uh, either uh, that that you want to mention we haven't covered? Any other question that I haven't asked you? <laughs>
1: well there might be a lot of questions we haven't
0: sure, asked, sure. No,
1: I, I think we hit a pretty broad uh, a pretty broad swath through the chronic illness world today I, I would agree with that i would
0: agree and so we'll see maybe sometime in the future i know you have a very busy schedule lecturing doing a lot of teaching i i know you said you were getting to work on writing a book is that is that right
1: yes we're um <clears throat> actually uh Finishing up a textbook for IV nutrient therapy, which Ooh. is sort of an older project, but mm-hmm. it, it's it's been in the works for way too long. Mm-hmm. And then um, w- uh, a writing partner and myself have uh, a new book deal with Hay House for um, a patient, kind of a patient's guide to uh, the cancer to the cancer process. Mm-hmm. And um, most of it, of course, because there's lots of resources for standard treatments like chemo and radiation, right we want to uh we want to delve into and uh kind <clears> of <throat> like our conversation today demystify some of the uh integrative approaches mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. give some guidance as to okay this is probably a good idea a good path to go down this this is probably not mm-hmm. um, <laughs> mm-hmm. and here's resources to find the right kind of doctor to help you right uh so so we're uh we're very excited to be working on that it's uh uh, that's a pretty new project, and we're hoping to have it published uh, early early next year. Nice. Well, that's really exciting, Paul. I'll definitely check yeah. that out when it comes
0: out, and uh, maybe we'll see about getting back. Cancer is always a you know a, an intense um, and frightening topic for a lot of people, but unfortunately, just like chronic illness, um, something you know many many of us either directly or indirectly or are or, or, or have had to deal with. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole, uh, a whole other world of conversation. And I'd be, I'd be happy to to do that with you yeah well, we just got to get our schedules to, to sync up <laughs> <laughs> well paul
0: honestly you've been a big mentor for me you've been a lot of help in my life um both from you know directly learning from you and then taking some l- little concepts and ideas that um you know that 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 you planted that have uh sprouted so i i do want to say thank you so much for for all the direct and indirect help you've given me over the years. And I'm grateful we could have you on, um, and, you know, sharing some more pieces for, for other people out there. So thank you so much for that. Thanks a lot for having me. Yep. All right. Is there the very last thing, Paul, is there, you know, is there any way if people want to reach out, uh, they want to be seen at your clinic or they want to, um, take classes or they want to be in touch with you in any other way? Is there anywhere they should particularly go to look for you on the, on the internet,
1: um, so if if it's uh, healthcare provider oriented, uh, it, there is a website called consultdranderson.com. Mm-hmm. So just uh, all one string: consultdranderson.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a short version: consultdra.com. Goes same place. Okay. Uh, and then uh, for patients, uh, the uh, the clinic is Advanced Medical Therapies and um the url is cancerandchronicdisease.com com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so cancerandchronicdisease.com for for patient uh, oriented things and um so there's uh yes i actually have it took me decades but i got a web presence finally <laughs> you, you beat me to that actually i
0: oh did, oh nice well yeah you <laughs> know it's like the uh like the checking account thing right That's these right, days exactly. uh, <laughs> yeah yeah so all right, Paul. Well, thank you so right. much for joining me, and uh, we will. We'll find a way to make our schedules align, and we'll uh, we'll have a chance to talk a little bit more about cancer and some other things next time. So thank you so much for joining me.
1: Great. Okay, bye-bye.
0: All right, folks, that wraps up another episode of the Aspire Natural Health podcast. If you enjoyed it, we hope you've subscribed to us over at iTunes. You can also check us out at our website, www.aspirenaturalhealth.com. That's Aspire as an A S. 7849. You can set up that free 15 minute consult. All right, folks, until we meet again, take care.